Welcome to All the Balls Week 73. Whoa. That's Jake Platter. I'm Justin Miller. How was your, how was your drive, Jake? Good. I stopped by my parents' house first. Oh, you did? Yeah. How was that? No wonder why you got here so fast. You don't know when I left. <laughs> um, I had dinner. It was good. That was good. What'd you have? Turkey burger. Ooh. I liked it. Those are pretty good. I'd prefer a regular one. But I don't eat regular ones. You I don't? Like thir- no. Oh, yeah. You're against it. I thought you were going to call me something, something mean. <laughs> like what? I'm not, I can't say it on Facebook. Yeah, week 73 is a busy week, especially for football stuff. It'll be mostly football. We'll get football? To, yeah, you didn't watch any of the games, Jake, this no, week? No, I didn't. We'll get to football. We'll get to hockey. We'll get to basketball. We'll start the show with baseball. People, are, people are wondering, why are you starting the show with baseball? Because they're currently in a lockout, but something actually kind of big happened. Well, I don't know what it is. Jake knows who he is. Jake's heard of me before. I think you even saw him pitch with me at a game yeah, one time. Yeah, you know who it is? Yeah. Um, John Lester. Yeah. yeah, John Lester, he did announce his retirement. Guess how old he is? You have any? You have 38. Any? Yep, you know, you looked it up? No. Oh, yeah. 38 years old, born in 1984, if I'm doing my math correctly. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of questions going on around right now on the radio, on TV, ESPN, whether he's going to be a Hall of Famer or not. Should be. I think he should be. It doesn't sound like he is from the outside sources. I kind of looked it up today. I think it said he had like a 41.7% chance he got in the Hall of Fame or something. But whether he gets in the Hall of Fame or whether he doesn't get on the Hall of Fame, he'll be remembered as one of the better Red Sox pitchers in recent memory. Someone that should have had a longer career with the Red Sox. They kind of screwed that up, in my opinion. But ever since the Red Sox, he wasn't quite the pitcher. He, he used to be with Boston early in his career. He bounced around with Oakland, Chicago. He finished his career with St. Louis. But this is a guy that you could always count on, whether it was a big game, whether it wasn't a big game to put up a pretty big-time performance, and John Lester did just that with the Red Sox. He won exactly 200 games in his career. 200 games. He pitched in 317. Is that on, is that on par with Hall of Fame numbers? I mean, in my opinion, the thing, the thing is, a lot of these Hall of Famers have pitched in more games than he did. He dealt with a couple injuries in his career, but you look at the stats, he was 200 and 117 with a 366 ERA in the regular season. And looking at just that, I know you got to get into the championships, the MVPs, and all that stuff, but... It's a good record. Two thousand. Won the MVPs. No, he didn't. But he, I think he was a runner. The he came in third one time. He's a five time All Star and a three time World Series champion. So that could have put into consideration. Yeah, definitely, that's huge. He was the NLCS MVP. So that's obviously in the playoffs. But the NLCS MVP, and he led the National League in wins in twenty eighteen. So you look at all these stats. He pitched that no hitter with the Red Sox. And I, when did we see him? We saw him pitch. I think that was probably like seven or eight years ago at least. I mean, he was done with the Red Sox in twenty fourteen. It might have been the last year he pitched. Um, Didn't we see him pitch that one nothing game we went to? Yeah. I don't know when that was, but it, it was at least... Against eight. Scherzer. Yeah, it was a great pitching matchup. But I say he's in the Hall of Fame. Maybe that's a little biased because I'm a Red Sox fan. But what do you think, Jake? You going to give him the nod? I'm not, Adam. I think he's a Hall of Famer. But yeah, that's, that's really the only thing that's been going on in baseball lately because they're in a lockout. I don't know when this lockout's going to end. I'm hearing that they're hoping to get the season started in spring training when they normally get it started but i don't know what's going on right now maybe they'll never be baseball again come on yeah jake wouldn't jake wouldn't be too sad about that would you i like baseball now no you like you like that red sox team last year i did it was a fun team to watch and it's gonna be interesting to see what happens you did yeah playoff game you didn't go no i went to one but jake was watching more baseball than i ever remember you watching before not even close what yeah you definitely were but um yeah that's that's the main baseball thing that's going on right now moving on jake yeah to unfortunately, our last three up and three down of the season for the Patriots because nah. they didn't win the game. They didn't even come close to winning the game. 
That was a disaster from all standpoints. Yeah, they sucked. Um, they were so bad that I only have two ups. I mean, it was hard for me to think of a third. It really was. This was a game going in that Jake, Jake was calling the ups, and he thought the Pats had a chance. And I said to him, you're not crazy. I mean, I, I had the Bills winning a 27-17 game. I got the 17 right. But unfortunately, I didn't see the Bills scoring 47, which was ridiculous. You didn't see it? I saw it. Yeah, I saw it too, but I want to close my eyes for the last three quarters. That game was pretty much over after the first quarter. Mac Jones was not on the downs list for me. He had a pretty good game. You could almost consider him. Up list? I was considering it. He's my number one up. So he's your number one up? Yeah. He was good in this game. I give almost no blame to Mac Jones in this game. The first interception was an incredible catch. Um, I think he threw a perfect ball if Nelson Aguilar knew how to come to a football rather than just Oof. wait for it to drop into his bread basket. Then, at you know, at best it would have been an incompletion. But, well, yeah. But I'm 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 hating on everyone but Mac Jones. Really, I think Mac. This was the first time I really saw the Patriots try to attack. Like I I see that you know them run the ball a lot and. They established something pretty often, but this time they came out firing with Jones, and I think in the future we're going to see more Mac Jones takeovers like we like we tried to see. It was a good first drive. I yeah, mean, I was I was impressed with how reserved he was in the pocket. There was no panic. Um, I think he made good decisions. The second interception was was not a great throw, but I said two. I was thinking two or three bad throws in that game. Yeah, but to, to be fair, when you when you're in that spot that in the happens. game, you you have to force some things to make it happen. Um, when when you're down that much, you're either going to make that pass or you're not going to win the game. It doesn't matter if it's a pick or an incompletion. So, the, yeah. I, I don't really give Mac a lot of blame here. I think it, he did a very good job. And I think our only high five moment in the whole game was on that first drive when he made that that pass to Hunter Henry. It was really the only moment they could get excited about too much. But yeah, that first interception obviously was not on him. That was a great play by Micah Hyde. And I think I can. That was one of the best interceptions I've seen in a long time. Oh yeah, it was awesome. I can remember three throws that probably weren't too good. Obviously, the second interception, that throw to Hunter Henry in the end zone was. It looked a little lazy. Yeah, it was kind of a dog. It was lazy on both parts, though. To me, Hunter Henry maybe a little bit of a better effort. No, it was. It was a dog. Mac Jones had him wide open. Yeah. And then there was another throw. I'm forgetting now, but I was thinking today he he made another throw. It was kind of behind someone. I think it was Kendrick Bourne. But yeah, let's get the ups over with since there weren't too many in this game, and that's your first, and you only have one more. Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, he's by far the best receiver on the team, um, and I really look forward to what he can do in the future. Because I think, really, as the season went on, he got significantly better. Yeah, and this was his best good. performance, so I'm I'm very happy to see him. I think he's locked up well. for two more years too after the season. Obviously, good. he'll definitely be back. They'll need him. Kendrick Bourne's my number one up in this game for the Patriots by far. Like Jake said, the number one receiver. And whether this year was passing, I mean, I think he attempted maybe one pass, but running the football. You can put him in the backfield as a running back if you want. You can do a lot of things with Kendrick Bourne. I did not think he was going to be this good. Mac was using his legs in this game, too. I almost forgot. Yeah, probably the first. He I mean, running. maybe the first or second time we saw that. The amount of rushing by him all season. That, he jumped out of that tackle. Yeah, we, got we, the first that's the down. fastest I've seen him run all year. But that didn't last too long, unfortunately. He didn't but, even run that fast from the police. Yeah, if he ever had to. Oh, yeah, once. But, yeah, Kendrick Bourne, definitely on the ups list for me. It was hard to think of ops. I went with Ramondre Stevenson as another one. When they gave him the ball, he did what he had to do. I thought about it, but his stat line was weak. What, like 40-something yards probably? Not even. I he mean, had like eight carries. I mean, that's all they could give him the way they were down. But when he ran the ball, he was effective. The offensive line wasn't terrible in this game, so I was thinking, well, Isaiah Wynn wasn't playing, so maybe that's why. 
But I was thinking on defense. Isaiah Lewis. Nobody was really good in this game on defense, obviously, when you give up 47 points. But I thought Dietrich Wise had a pretty good game. I put him on the ups list because he seemed to me like the only one that was actually applying pressure on Josh Allen in this game. I had three defensive players on my downs list. Um, I had two because I had to put one on the offense. But, yeah, Dietrich Wise was the only guy to me that actually showed an effort on the defensive side of the ball. So you got to give him... I got to give him the nod when it counts, but the defense was horrible in this game mm-hmm. from the start to the third to the fourth quarter. It was awful. So, Jake, you only get two ups. You must have – you could say there's 15 or 20 guys on the downs list, but we only do three. Yeah. So, my number one down – I'm kind of hating on this guy more than I thought I would be. Um, but J.C. Jackson, like, I really have – It's my number one down. Yeah, it's my number one down. I have, like, no respect for this guy. He – he talks so much about being an elite corner, a top corner. It, it, it's not even just this game. I feel like every time he is matched up with a top-tier wide receiver, he loses. Like, it, like he can do— Especially Stephon Diggs. Yeah, right. But he can do all he wants when, you know, we're playing Jacksonville, and it's him versus uh, LaVisca, and, and he has a great game. Like, that's fantastic. But come on. Like, Diggs got the best of him. Um, I'm trying to think. So there was other... In the second half of the season. Gabe, uh, la- the first time we played Buffalo, or the second time, uh, Gabriel Davis went off on him. Like, it doesn't matter. He just is a disappointment. Yeah, I'm starting the downs list with two guys that had very disappointing second halves of the season for the Patriots. Matthew Judon is my J- second down. JC Jackson, my first down. Matthew Judon, my second down. Yeah. These two guys, you got to count on them as your... They were your top the two anchors. defenders. They're the anchors. Especially in the first half of the season. They were by far the top two defenders on this team. And after the bye week, we've said a million times, but it's completely fallen off for this team, losing four of their final five games. And J.C. Jackson was the main reason why. Judon was the main reason why. And they both did not show up in the playoff game. Stephon Diggs burnt J.C. Jackson from start to finish. Matthew Judon was a non-factor. I saw a yeah, stat. Devin Singletary went off. He, he went off, yeah. And Devin Singletary went off against them at, when the home they played him at home too. So Singletary is not even a top 10, probably not top 15 running oh back in this God. league. And you allow not him to close. do that. But Judon did not have a sack counting the playoff game in the last six Patriots games this season. That is a big concern when you sign, and sign someone with that amount of money. So oh, Judon yeah. and J.C. Jackson are at the top of my downs list. No doubt about that. Jake... Who was down number three? I got to give it to the the guy with one hand, Kyle Duggar. Oh, yeah. If he had two hands, they wouldn't have got that touchdown. He threw his like, little nub up to try and, like this, to try and stop that play to uh, Dawson Knox. Oh, yeah. And he couldn't do anything because he, he didn't have fingers. So, I, I mean, like, you're either good to go or you're not. And in the state he was in, he did not do enough to, to make an impact in this game. Yeah, um, I agree with you completely. And by the way, you know what Josh Allen said after the game? He was throwing that ball out of bounds. He did not even know he caught oh, the ball. I, yeah, you could tell he was trying to throw it out of bounds. Yeah, he, he was throwing the ball out of bounds. He had no idea he said that Dawson Knox caught the ball. If we're doing a three up and three down for the Bills, Dawson Knox got to be on that list. But, oh, no doubt. And Singletary and Josh Allen. But for crying out loud, Duggar needs to at least make a play on that I mean that's horrible Duggar cannot even make a play on that ball when he's throwing it out of bounds but number three for me like I said I had to put someone on the offensive side of the ball for the Patriots I went with the fullback from Germany Jakob Johnson the guy with the red hair that he has to get rid of penalties yeah I believe he had two penalties and then he had one very costly drop it seems like it's happened back to back to back weeks Bolden has a drop one week Jakob Johnson has a drop this week and then 
it's just unbelievable that Jakob Johnson, a fullback, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's a good blocker, um, nine locks in a row, but it's unbelievable that Jakob Johnson couldn't catch that ball. Yeah, he, he's, well, he's not a pass catcher, he's a fullback, and he's not even like a good fullback, he's just there. So, you, I might as well, you might as well play Janu. Everywhere you played him, you should have played Janu. Yeah, no doubt about that. And speaking of Janu, he could be on the downs list for pretty much every what, game this I mean, season. If, if not showing Horrible. up to the game as a down, then he, yeah, then he's a down. He didn't do anything bad. He just didn't do anything. He really didn't do anything the whole season. But that's going to conclude the three ups and three downs for this edition of the Patriots season because we got a little bit of a long wait. But the good news is there are still, what, eight? There are seven, no, seven football games left to be played, four divisional games, two championship games, and, of course, the Super Bowl. So we still get seven games ahead of us in the season. We'll be talking real quick about, honestly, I tweeted this out last night, and wildcard weekend sucked. Oh, yeah, big time. It, it really terrible. sucked. It was horrible. You, you, you wanted me to talk on wildcard weekend. It was horrible. I, my main thing was I wish there were more tight games. Like, well, four of the six were double digits, I believe. The, right? the Bengals and Raiders game was actually not bad. Yeah, that was probably the best game. No, the, the Dallas game was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, it was good, but not good for us. But Right. Um, the Bills game was a waste of time. The, um... The Steelers-Chiefs game. The Tampa Bay game, they, they had it in the bag easy. Yeah, and the, and the Steelers-Chiefs, I mean, everybody knows that the, the Chiefs never score first. But well, yeah, from the beginning. But they always score the last four, so... Yeah, the Raiders game, the first game to kick off, that was a good game. I mean, we were expecting yeah. kind of, I guess, a game like that. It was, it was a pretty close I game. I thought the Raiders would hang. So. And, and they hung for the whole game. Yep. You gotta give Joe Burrow on that offense credit, though. Because what they've been doing basically the whole season, it's been incredible. Joe Burrow has been awesome, and we'll talk about our predictions towards the end of the show, but they got an interesting matchup on Saturday against the number one seed in the AFC. All, the, all four of these games should be very entertaining, in my opinion. But um, the lights almost went out on us. You'd think that, but I thought so in the wild card, too. Yeah, I know. So don't get your hopes up yet, but that first game was kind of what we expected, and then we go to Saturday night, and we talked about it, but the Patriots just didn't stand a chance. And the way their season ended, obviously, is not a good sign. Got a, we thought they had a big offseason last season, but they have a huge offseason now. We'll get into who needs to stay, who needs to go, and probably later shows. But it's an older defense, and it needs to get younger fast. Definitely. So we'll see what happens with that. But Buffalo outclassed them, and this is a team that's not going away anytime soon. They're going to see this team two times a year. Obviously, they're in the same division. And you think about the quarterbacks that are in the AFC. Mac Jones better be good. It was, in the AFC? It was a good— a lot of very good young quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah, so Mac Jones has a Big lot ben. to look forward to. Yeah, he's gone. But moving on to Sunday. What was the first game Sunday? Tampa Bay game. Yeah, blowout. It was a blowout. Tom Brady did his the thing Eagles like he usually does. made it look somewhat respectable, but no. They just didn't have enough. Tampa Bay has too much offense, even without Godwin, without Antonio Fournette. Brown. Too much firepower. I mean, for crying no out, Fournette. it was Keyshawn Vaughn as the running back to start the yeah, game. Yeah, he actually looked great. Yeah, he was good. Second-year player. No and- Rojo. Yeah, the Eagles did not stand a chance. I thought they'd be a little more competitive on the defensive side of the ball, but they weren't. And so that one, that game wasn't too entertaining. And then the game that we were talking about, the Dallas-San Francisco game, both of our Super Bowl picks are gone. I mean, the 49ers are good, and they're playing very good football right now. Nah. You, you still don't have high hopes for them? I have zero faith in that team. Debo Samuel changed the offense. The fact of the matter is... A team with a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a very hard time winning when it, when it matters. Like, I'm surprised they beat the Cowboys. 
every game they play from here on out is going to the other team's going to have a better quarterback. It that's just a fact. Jimmy G's been playing good though. You got to give him credit. Yeah, and- but they're not they're not asking him to do too much. In a game where the defense can show up and and make Dallas not do a lot and you know you can score 23 points and win the game, that's the game Jimmy can win. I don't think that that's going to consistently happen as the playoffs go on. Um, they're going to need to put up 30 at least once, and I really just don't have the faith in Garoppolo to do it. And Garoppolo is now over 500 as a starting quarterback, which you've got to give him some credit there. But the weapons I that he has— no credit there. He started off like 7-0. and Yeah, how, but... he, how did he just hit 500? No, he's like 37-15. and 15. 20 games over 500, I'm going to say. He's 37-15 oh. and 15 as a starting quarterback, or 36-15, and 15, whatever said. it is. Yeah, he started with the Patriots and went to San Francisco, but still, the guys, he's winning. He's winning a lot of football games. He's been to a Super Bowl, and with the weapons around him, yeah, he has better weapons than teams like the Patriots and teams like Vegas and teams like that, but George Kittle, Debo Samuel, in their running game, it's been pretty, pretty impressive, and Shanahan, I think, is a tremendous coach. Will they have a chance against Green Bay? We'll talk about that later, but yeah. but Jimmy G has been impressing me a lot. I was, I was listening to quarterbacks earlier at work because I had some time to kill. He, I think he's the seventh best quarterback left, and... Obviously, there's a lot of quarterbacks left in the playoffs. But that was a good game. Dallas, I don't know what's wrong with them, but it seems like this happens every single season. And that last play... That's just like fate at this point. That last play was ridiculous. If you're Dak Prescott, whether it was Mike McCarthy that made the call with, what was it, 15 or 16 seconds left? Yeah, I don't know how you're running that. You run it up the middle of the field, 15 or 16 seconds left, and I don't care that you bumped into the referee. No, Dak made the wrong move. You give the ball to the ref. You don't place it down because the ref needs to touch it anyway. Yeah, and the ref almost went flying, and then 2-1, there was no time left in the game, and San Francisco wins. So a stupid move. Dallas did have a chance at the end, but the 49ers defense was pretty, pretty good, and they did not let C.D. Lamb beat them at all. And that's the no, secondary that no, I thought would. No, I'm surprised. Would. Like, normally... Cooper's the one that sort of gets shafted with the targets. Um, but they really locked down CeeDee Lamb. And, and the, the 49ers defense is solid, but their secondary was not what I thought was the more dominant you know, aspect. And for them to shut down CeeDee Lamb is, is pretty impressive. Definitely was. I was given the, no credit to that secondary. They did their job. And then the, third, the second to last game, Sunday night, Jake, we both, I mean, I thought it would be a little closer. I had the Steelers staying within 10. It was 7 nothing, so I was feeling pretty good. The Steelers were winning 7 nothing after that fumble. TJ Watt ran it all the way back to the house to the end zone. But, mm-hmm. but after that, Kansas City, what did Mahomes do? I believe five touchdown passes. They couldn't stop Kelsey. They couldn't stop Hill. They couldn't stop McCole Hardman. And the Steelers' now, defense. Hardman was killing it. The man. Steelers' defense barely had any breathing room. I mean, they weren't breathing on the sideline. They were never on the field for... They were on the field for the whole game, and Roethlisberger, yeah. Roethlisberger didn't look too bad in the finale, but... No, it was, I mean, he went out fine. Like, nobody expected him to, you know, take on the world and win that game, so... The offensive line sucks for Pittsburgh, even though Najee Harris had a good season. It's bottom five offensive line in the whole league, and then facing a Kansas City team like that, they could have put up 60 points probably if they wanted to. But you really man, think so? I mean, yeah, if they wanted to, they probably could. You don't think so? 60? They were running for, like, the last quarter. I think Mahomes attempted like two passes. And the Bills could have got 60. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you build such a big lead. And then finally, the game last night, I don't know how much you watched of it, but we both thought Arizona... Yeah, most of it, actually. We thought Arizona would give him a game, but Kyler Mar- something looks wrong with Kyler Murray right now. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Looking at the game and looking back on what I was thinking, I really don't know why I was so optimistic on that team. Um, no Hopkins either. No, and I... and. 
without him, Kyler does not have his safety net. And I don't know if he's hurt or if the defense was just doing a tremendous job containing, but he, early in his career, made a great deal out of having speed and, and his, his ability to evade, and he just wasn't showing it. I think Stafford had more rushing yards than him in that game, and that's, like, ridiculous. Stafford, yeah, what did he finish with? Stafford has, like, negative rushing 18 yards. 18 or something? Time. Yeah, like, that's, that's nuts. It, he, he totally, either they took it away or he just didn't do it. Uh, one entire aspect of their game that, that made them so good, he just didn't have it. Yeah, he didn't have it at all. And missing John Drew Hopkins is obviously a huge blow to that offense. Your number one receiver, one of the best receivers in football. But that Rams defense is legit. They got mm-hmm. Ramsey, they got Donald, they got Von Miller. They got a lot of superstar power. And Matthew Stafford, got to give him credit. I think he made the right throws when he had to. Obviously not a lot of big-time throws by him. But adding Odell Beckham was, a, a, was a big move. Beckham has been pretty good ever since he went to L.A. So that's, an, that's a team to watch out for. Again, I think that's going to be a good game as well. We'll give our predictions in a little while here. But now... Moving on, Jake, yeah, that was just overall four of the six games or blowouts. It wasn't that fun, unfortunately, this wild card weekend at all. It wasn't that fun. No. But now with, with college basketball, we haven't talked about college basketball now in a couple weeks. Yep. Obviously, there's a lot of good teams this year. We were talking about it, me and Jake on the side, not in front of any audience. But no, nope. there's going to be this was behind the scenes. There's going to be some two seeds, some three seeds, that, some four seeds that are going to uh, be yeah, really, really you, good. You're right. I, I totally forgot I said that to you. But this year, there's so much movement that – like if if they seeded them out the way they are right now, I think the twos are better than the ones. The threes might be better than the ones. There is a lot going on in college basketball, and and more than in years past, I really think any team could do it. Yeah, and as Lafonso Ellis and Seth Greenberg are talking right now, last year it was really last year it just seemed to be Baylor Gonzaga in the field for the most part because it was Baylor and Gonzaga. Like Baylor and Gonzaga were the favorites for the whole season. They were number one. I think they were only three number one, two number. One, I think they were the only number ones last season. Baylor and Gonzaga. And now there's already been five teams that have ranked number yep. one this season. So I said to Jake, I'm like, there's a lot of teams that could be going to Indianapolis, obviously, where the Final Four is going to be this season. But if you had to pick your, your top five favorites right now, there's just so many to choose from. I had to swap some in, swap some out. But I think yeah, I really hard. don't think there's five that stand out from the rest of the field because it's so competitive this season. But I still had to pick. Who'd you pick? Well, as we're watching some very good teams in action right now, it's very hard. We are. Um, but my, my number one pick, got to be Purdue. Um, I, I'm just a huge fan of what they can do on both sides of the ball. I love their size. I love their speed. I love their ability to shoot. They can space. They're deep. They, there are no holes to Purdue, in yeah. my opinion. Um, I came up with a hole for each of these teams. I think there's something wrong with each of them. But. I really think that, for the most part, Ivy can be the best player on the court in any given game. He has that ability. He has that upside. Um, and I really don't know a team that can match up big man-wise with Edie and Travion Williams. And yeah, I, we saw it yesterday with Coburn. I, I, yeah, it didn't work. He fouled out. Yeah, he fouled out in like fouled 22 out. minutes. So, and that's a 50-minute game. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting in the, in the tournament to probably see those guys on the court together. And that's just trouble for whoever has to match up with them. They're, they're not going to be bigger, and they're not going to be more skilled. So they better have tremendous guards, anyone that wants to take on Purdue. Um, yeah. For me, that's the number one. Do you, do you want to talk about them? I'm sure yeah, I didn't, in your rank. I didn't put it in any order, but Purdue's definitely on the list. 
They've lost a couple games this season, but this is a team we saw in person at at uh, Mohegan Sun. Mm-hmm. They got like Jake said from from one to five. They have ben- depth off the bench. They have two big men that are spectacular. They have Jaden Ivey, who's one of the best players in the sport right now. And if I had to say one concern, because I came up with one concern for either of these teams, I don't think they have that dynamic point guard. I know Eric Hunter no, Jr. was playing like it yesterday, but... Ivy can play that. Yeah, he can play, and but a lot of times when you need to get to the Final Four, we've seen it, you need to have a reliable point guard. And if I have to pick one concern with this team, I don't think they have that reliable point guard. I think they have some X-factors like Eric Hunter Jr., maybe a Sasha Stefanovic, who led the team yesterday in scoring. But they have a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous players on that team. A great coach in Matt Painter. And I'm not going to say they're going to the Final Four right now because in years past I've been wrong, whether it was the team with DeAndre Aiden on Arizona or, or whether last year, Texas, Illinois. It seems like a lot of times these teams in the regular season are so good and then they fall Aiden off in the tournament. Lost in the first round. Yeah, that was horrible. But that messed up my whole bracket. But Purdue's a team that if you're listening, if you're watching, if you're doing whatever, you better watch out for the Purdue Boilermakers when you're filling out your bracket. That's definitely one team, in my opinion. Jake, who do you have on the list? Number two, I got... Is this an order, or is it just like... No, it's, it's in order. Oh, shoot. Um, number two, I got Baylor. Um, another team that's very deep, a lot of scoring options, and very, very strong defense from their guards. Um, I think a team... That you know, you kind of mentioned it with Purdue, but I think Baylor holds true with this too. A team that on any given night can have a different high score is dangerous. Um, today you saw um, Matt Mayer just take over. Yeah, he, he's um, nasty. He he doesn't have to do that, but sometimes they need him to. And he's been inconsistent um, this season too. Right, and, but with a team this deep, there can be some inconsistencies with with individuals oh, and other guys might be able to make it up. Their defense is strong enough that they can hold people down, keep the game lower scoring if they need to, and and tough them out as well. Um, I I think you know obviously a, a good amount of these guys were there last year too. Wow. Um, you know what I mean? A good amount of these guys were were on the run last year, uh, yeah. and that experience is going to hold up as well. Um, so I, I really think Baylor is going to be able to hang. Yeah, Baylor's on my list as well. They get three very good guards. Matthew Meyer, of course, a stretch three, four man can be awesome. They get two pretty good centers, not as good as Purdue, but Jonathan Shamba Chichiwawa is very good. Flo Thamba is very good as well. And this is a team that lost their four best players from last season. They got Flagler and Meyer back from that team that won the championship, but the culture is very strong right now in Waco, Texas. They're playing really good basketball. They're deep, like Jake said. I don't think they're as deep as Purdue. They do have better guards than Purdue has, which can be very crucial when you're getting to the Final Four. But this is a team coming off two losses. I don't think they were going to lose for a third straight time today. And they also have two very good freshmen in Kendall Brown and, and Jam- Akin- um, not Akinjo, and Jeremy Sokan. So they're very good, and they're very deep as well. So Baylor's a team that if the guards keep playing the way they're playing, can make a very deep run as well. So Jake, we get two of the same ones so far. Yep. I don't think we're going to have the five, but you never know. Maybe. Number three, I got Gonzaga. All right, um, with three for three. Yeah, I mean... I mean, how can you not? How can you not, right? With with an anchor like Holgram, um, the lightest anchor in the league. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he holds them down. I mean, I've seen him single-handedly take games over. And a lot of times, I'm, I'm going to talk about this with, with this team and another one that, that I got coming up. But pretty often super tuesday the you can team, about anything. the team with the best player wins the game 
And some people would call Holgram the best player in college basketball. Oh, um, I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either, but he's better than than the opponent nine times out of ten. Yeah. So Skinny. there's no doubt in my mind this team is, you know, a, a second weekend team at minimum. Yeah, they um, better be. Like, it, so, yeah, I mean, th- this team's hanging around. And, again, another team that's got some experience under their belt they know what they're doing. It seems like every year Gonzaga is, is trying to make a deep run. Yeah. So the only thing I worry about with them, if you want to get into holes, is their their schedule You know, is not as favorable as other teams. They, they aren't as tested when they get to the tournament, um, which seems to be a question every year. But they, they seem to have holed up. So I, I think that they have a pretty good chance. Yeah, so like I said, the hole for me with Purdue is a point guard play. The hole for me with Baylor is really those guards haven't they haven't played a lot of minutes when it's counted in big time games because last year obviously they had the guards that we know of in Mitchell, in Butler, and Teague. Some of those guards were coming off the bench last season or weren't even with the program last season. So my hole with Baylor is some of those guards haven't played a huge amount of minutes in some of these big time games. But Jake Gonzaga's on the list for me as well. Yep. I mean, you get two twin towers up front with Holmgren and Timmy. And like you said, most teams can't match up with that. No. Your guards aren't as good as last year because obviously Jalen Suggs isn't there anymore. But Nemhard's back. You lost Ayayi from last year, but you got Nemhard back. Rashir Bolton transferred and He's been great. In my opinion, Julian Strother's the X factor, a guard that came off the bench last season. But this is a team that is pretty deep. They're, they have some good freshmen coming off the bench in Hickman and Salas. But... My main concern with them is they don't have that Corey Kispert from last season. They yeah, don't have that the sharpshooter. They don't have the sharpshooter that can play the three position. They have more guards that are more small ball guards. But you add in Holmgren and it makes a, a massive difference up front. What the, which they couldn't really say last season. It kind of reminds me of that team that they had with Brand. Obviously not as big, but with Brandon Clark and Rui Hakamura, two guys that are obviously in the NBA now. But Gonzaga is a team that they better get to the second weekend, and that's going to be a major, major problem. So yeah, Purdue Gonzaga. And Baylor are three of my teams that, that I have the same as you that are on the list. Jake, who's your fourth one that you, you think has a chance to get to Indianapolis? I got to go Duke here. Now, see, this is how deep I'm things skeptical. are. I'm skeptical on Duke, and here's why. Um, it takes a very special group of young men to win a championship when the majority of your, of your power comes from freshmen. Um, I, I have no question that, you know, late game, Banchero can, can get a bucket for them. But freshmen just don't, just haven't experienced what, what these other guys have. They haven't been playing college basketball as yeah, long. Yeah, the tournament either. And, yeah, and the tournament is a whole new ball game for these guys. So, I mean, you saw it like the, with the super team, with Zion, Barrett, and Reddish. Yeah. You, you didn't think anyone was stopping them. They got beat. They only made the Elite Eight, I think. Um so, I mean, I like the team. I think they're very talented. I think they can hang. Like I said with Gonzaga, more often than not, when you got the best player on the court, you're going to win a game. Um, and Benchero is going to be the best player on the court more often than not. But young guys make me nervous. Yeah, Duke's not on my list, but Duke's on a list every season. They got Coach K. It's his farewell season. They want to win a championship in his last season. And they have possibly the number one pick in the draft in, in Bonchero. They have a lot of other options. They're not as deep as a couple of these other teams. But I think the X factor for this team is Wendell Moore. He's been playing unbelievable basketball for them this season. And again, their guards, 
they're younger, but I think they can play, and I think they're better than in years past. So Duke's a team you got to obviously watch out for. Mm-hmm. A team on the list for me, currently the number two team in all college basketball right now. I think they should be one, but they're not. I wasn't high on them to start the season. They were in my top 25, but I do think the Auburn Tigers are legit. they got a coach in Bruce Pearl that's been to a Final Four. They have, in my opinion, the guy that's going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft in Jabari Smith. Baller. And in the, in the crazy thing about this team is the top four scorers on this team weren't even with the program last season. Jabari Smith, obviously a freshman. Yep. Walker Kessler, their starting center, is a transfer from North Carolina who's a, close to a triple-double machine the way he blocks shots. Their point guard, Wendell Green, wasn't, I believe he was with, a, I forget who he was with last season, but the guy has been unbelievable for them. He's averaging at least 16 points per game. He looks like he's 5'7 when he's on the floor. And then Katie Johnson's a transfer from Georgia that's averaging in double figures as well. The top four scorers on this team weren't with the program. Thought it would take them a little time to gel, but these guys have been playing awesome basketball. They've been in the top 10 for a reason for mostly the whole season. And one of their better players, Alan Flanagan, hasn't even been playing up to his potential so far. And their front court is scary. When you have Walker Kessler, when you have Jabari Smith, who's more of like a four guy but can stretch and hit threes, they have a lot of, lot of options. My only concern was that with them is the guys haven't really played too many games, too many big games together yet because they haven't really played as a unit together yet. But right now, they're playing like one of the better teams in the nation. Mm-hmm. And I always say point guard play is crucial in the way Wendell Green's playing right now. The SEC is tough, but they're really good. And you got to watch out for Auburn. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. It's a it's a top tier team. They're hanging around. There's no reason to think that they uh, couldn't get there. And so that's four. Number five, Jake, for you. Uh, there's three really good teams I actually put on my list that I think maybe like six, seven, eight in Duke. I got one I got a little dark horse team. Uh oh, who is it? The Volunteers. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I I'm on, honestly I I'm I'm a fan of Tennessee. I wasn't at the start of the year. Good defense, um, good rebounding. Very good defense, strong rebounding, very solid big man play. But like you said, a lot of these teams can hang around because of their guard play. And there are two great guards yeah. on the Tennessee team. Kennedy Chandler really is like a, like a young Chris Paul. I would hope he, so. That would be a, a good picture. He's a floor general, and he, he gets everyone involved, which I like. He can get you a little you know classic bucket every now and then when he needs to, too. What's up, Mike? And that, that little guy, Ziegler, he... Zakai Ziegler, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he can take over. He actually is a great shooter. And for for being so small, I've been impressed with Tennessee's perimeter defense. Um, if he can hold up, then then that team could go pretty far. Yeah, I agree. And Santiago Vescovi as well, a very mm-hmm. good knockdown shooter. Their guards are strong. We saw him in person as well. We saw four. North Carolina, I don't know their story yet, but we saw four pretty good teams. Team. Yeah, we saw our four very good teams. We haven't even talked about Villanova. And that was a great I'm not thing. I'm going to talk about them. Yeah, I mean, they're good. Gillespie is Gillespie, not, Gillespie can bring him anywhere. No, no, he can't. I, I think he can. No, he cannot. It depends who they play, but that's a team, Villanova, you got to watch out for. My concern with them is they don't have a real center, but they're good too. But I agree with you. Tennessee, they got experience, they got depth, they got rebounding. They're currently ranked 24th. Like, I, I like them. Yeah, they play defense. They just got smoked by Kentucky, but still, they're a very good team. Kentucky, another good. See, Kentucky's a great team oh, too. Oh, Kentucky's great. You're not, you didn't even bring up UCLA. Yeah, um, uh, UCLA, Kansas, and Arizona. Duke. Yeah, Arizona's top five as well. Kansas, UCLA, and Duke are like my six, seven, and eight right now. But we haven't mentioned this team yet. This is the fifth team I put on the list. They have not played he- with a healthy starting five for mostly the whole season. This is a team that challenged Purdue for 50 minutes yesterday. And with a healthy Andre Curbelo, this team can go places. I understand last year we had high hopes for them. They lost to Loyola Chicago in the tournament, and they don't have Dosumo anymore. anymore. But with a healthy Andre Curbelo as the point guard, 
in the way Trent Frazier and Alfonso Plummer can shoot the ball, this team can go very far in the tournament. And we haven't even, Kofi Coburn's a good center as well. He's, uh, I mean, he's great. But, I mean, the reason I didn't put them in is because of, I mean, he needs to... Avoid Purdue in the tournament. Yeah, they need to avoid Purdue in the tournament. Because he needs to be able to take over a game. And if it seems like if he challenges a big that's better than him or gives him a uh, you know a run for his money, he's going to lose. Yeah, we haven't we haven't even mentioned Coburn yet. I don't think they have as much depth as other teams, and I'm kind of concerned about that three man like the Dosumu of last season. But with with Frazier and Plummer knocking down shots the way they were yesterday, and Curbelo playing healthy, he played 28 minutes yesterday in his first game back, and he didn't turn the ball over he once. Pretty good. He looked very good. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting a little rust. What was that other guy? Um, that Fra- did great. Frazier. Yeah, Frazier. Frazier's good. He's a fifth year senior too, so he's been with the program for a while. And they get great guards there. They really do. The matchup-wise, obviously, it depends how far they can go in the tournament. But those are the, those are the main teams we talked about. We haven't even mentioned, really, Kansas, who's been in Oklahoma by 12 right now. This is a team that— I like Kansas. They were my favorite at the beginning of the season to win the national championship, and they're, re- they're very good. Remy Martin needs to get healthy, but Kansas is a team that you got to watch out for as well. So my bracket will probably be busted somewhere. I don't know where, but— are you sure? This year is going to be nuts. Yeah. And it already has this been. This one's so. tough. It definitely will be tough, and we'll be talking more college basketball as the season moves on because I, I saw the – I think it's only 56 days until Selection Sunday. The season moves fast, wow. which is crazy. And then you get the tournaments, which is awesome as well. Yeah, those are great. So that's what's going on right some, now. Some uh, some upsets. Some hopefuls. Some bid stealers. Yeah. And that always that's always fun. But um, before we get to our NFL 10 questions and our predictions, got to mention the Bruins and Celtics real quick. So no. We've been too busy with the NFL – one of them we probably don't want to mention. One of them we might want to mention, but not what after I, I saw the score on the bottom. I believe it was 5-1. But starting with the Bruins real quick, Jake, I'm sure you know that no. they were on pause for a long time because they were dealing with some COVID issues. I didn't know that. I'm looking at the schedule, and I believe there were six games they actually missed. From December 18th till December 29th, they weren't playing, and that's, that's double what an all-star break is in the NHL. So that's obviously not what and you quadruple want. quadruple a weekend. Yeah. You don't want to miss games, but in the NHL, there's a lot of teams that have missed games this season because of what's going on with COVID. But the Bruins missed six games, and we're not going to talk about tonight yet, but after the double—we'll call it the double All-Star break. After the double-slash-COVID All-Star break, the Boston Bruins are— One, two, three, one, four. They're eight and one. So they're eight and one in their last nine games great. since the break. And we're, we've been talking about the whole season, whether you want to split up the lines, the first, the second, the third line— and coming out of the break, the Boston Bruins split up those top two lines. And I think that's one of the major reasons why they've been playing so good. They put Pasternak on the second line with Taylor Hall and Eric Halla. And they kept Marshan and Bergeron on the first line. And I think it's completely changed what the Boston Bruins have been doing so far. I mean, at a minimum, you're throwing off the, the opposing defense a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you got to shake it up if things aren't working. And things, weren't, things were not working at all. They were 14-10-2 before the break. Now they're twenty two eleven and two. Not talking about tonight's game because they're currently down five to one against Carolina after the first period. But shaking up those top two lines. Good night. Yeah. Oh my God, Carolina's down thirty two to Miami right now. We haven't even mentioned them. They're good. But but the Boston Bruins are a team that had Miami, to make changes. Miami's unranked. Yeah, they'll be ranked soon. But the Bruins are a team that had to make changes. Obviously, they're not eight and one because they swapped out one player for a couple. But Tuka Rask is back. And he looked good in the first game, but apparently he allowed five goals in the first period tonight. I don't know if he's even still in the game. But Tuka Rask, having a guy with that much experience in the regular season, a ton of experience in the postseason, when you get Tuka Rask, one of the top five goalies in the game, in my opinion, 
that's definitely going to help up this Boston Bruins team that was struggling. Huge. You need a top five goalie, especially we talk about it all the time when the playoffs come. Anything can happen because in the NHL, it's, it's crazy. You've seen the Dallas Stars get to a championship when they weren't awesome. I you, saw them get to a championship. You've seen other teams get to a championship when things weren't working. But having a goalie like Tuka Rask when it matters most obviously is going to be huge when this Boston Bruins team gets to the playoffs. And right now, it's only a second game after such a big hiatus. You got you got to lay off some of the rest in this game, but again, they're playing Carolina right now, and that's a really good team as well. Yep. But I don't know. They're scoring, and they're they're keeping them. Yeah, five five goals already should have been on the over, but the the Bruins look good right now. If I had to say what my one concern is with them, I think it's still the defense. You got McAvoy, you got Grizzlick, but I think the second and third line could, if you if you do make a move before the trade deadline, I think the second and third line for the defense could use a little bit of reshuffling, in my opinion. But besides from that, they have the offensive firepower to go far in the playoffs. They have the top pair on defense with Grizzlick and McAvoy. And like I said, they get Tuka Rask, who's one of the better goalies in the NHL. And something that's very interesting, they sent down Jeremy Swayman to Providence, who, who was playing pretty good hockey, but you can't carry three goalies. No. It's, just, it's kind of useless. Right. You don't like the three-goalie thing? Two is the right number. Yeah, and you got a, you got a good backup in Linus Umark. I mean, we've seen it in years past, whether it's Kadobin whether it's Raycroft when he was in his, his last couple of seasons. When you have that second goal, it can be very, very critical, especially in playoff games. Even tonight, Rask is probably going to be done after the first period, and the Bruins can bring in a guy that has experience, especially this season, an Umark that's, that's been very good for the Bruins. So now you get two good goalies, you got lots of firepower on offense, you got decent depth on defense, and if I'm the Bruins, even though they're playing good hockey right now, the trade deadline's coming up soon, it's coming up soon in both the NHL and the NBA. But if you have the Bruins, I'd still think about making a move. Kind of like a low-cost addition. Don't yeah, I mean, the Bruins are buyers. The Celtics should be sellers. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the Celtics being sellers in a second. But the Bruins got to be buyers because I was, I was thinking today, the team that has the best shot to probably win a championship, the, this Bruins team could do it this season, in my opinion. You're talking about like of the Boston team? Yeah, the four, well, the Patriots have a little bit of a weight. The Red Sox... Might have a weight, depending on what happens with the lockup. The Celtics suck. It's not going to be the Celtics. And the Bruins right now are in prime position to be one of the top three teams in their conference, one of the better teams in their division. The Bruins have a huge chance right now. Sure. And I think Cassidy's made all the right moves. Bruce Cassidy is a great coach. And if I'm picking one team, I think it's the Bruins. Okay. Watch out, Jake. Playoff hockey. Jake gets excited when it's playoff hockey. Yep. But something to not get too excited about is the team that plays in the TD Garden – not on the ice, but on the parquet. The they Boston won, like, Celtics. Five of their last six. Oh yeah, the Celtics are red hot right now. They're still hovering around five hundred. Jake, what's going on with the Celtics? Again, they're not playing their worst basketball right now. They they're winning games, but again, they beat the Pacers in two of them. Yep. So, you you asked me before the show, what is the best case scenario for the Celtics? Where like where where a championship? They, yeah. What well this year? What what are we expecting here? And I don't know if this is the best case scenario or really the worst case scenario, but in terms of this season in a vacuum, yeah. I would say the best they, they're going to be able to do is avoid the play-in tournament. If they can work their way up to six or five, then at the, if from where they are, that's a win. Um, to me, they're, they're far more likely to miss the playoffs entirely than they are to avoid the play-in tournament and, and just be in. Um, 
I think that they're pretty destined to be a playing team. They're probably going to get a little better. You don't want to be, though. That's no. Sure. I, it, well, honestly, I'd rather they just tank. They, they suck. They're not winning a championship. Like, whether they're a playing team or they are a five or a six seed, um, the East is too good for that. They're, they're a first round exit. Like, it, what, whatever it is, they're a first round exit. Um, Depending on the matchup, you think you don't think they could. Who are they knocking off? I mean, it depends Cleveland? who they play. Yeah, Cleveland maybe because of all of their injuries they have right now. But again, you get Philly, you get Chicago playing well right now. If they you see Milwaukee, Milwaukee or Brooklyn, they're screwed. Um, that's just a fact. Like even if Irving's not playing half the game, doesn't matter. Durant would would win alone. Um, the, the the team has no chemistry. What what I'm hoping is before the deadline, we ship out a bunch of guys. Who do you want to ship out, Marcus Smart? My my top choice. Yeah, Schroeder. Yeah, but that, that's almost like a gimme. Traded. He's barely making any money this season anyway. Schroeder needs to be traded. It, it makes absolutely no sense to keep him beyond the deadline. He is a huge value to a contender right and now. And you can play Pritchard more, too. Yeah, and Langford. And Pritchard's actually been playing good. Um, yeah, Langford, let Langford play, let Neesmith mm-hmm. play. Some of the young guys that yep. you you might not even know what you have. And we could get an, a, maybe a late first-round pick from the right team. We say this every season, though. A couple second-round picks. What are the Celtics going to do? And it seems like every single season they practically do nothing. I would, I would like to trade... Uh, what's his name? Neesmith? Schroeder. No, Schroeder. I, that's my top choice. I'd like to trade Schroeder. I really would only want to trade Smart. I wouldn't want to, like, sell him off for a pick. Yeah, if the right deal comes around. Like, if... if I don't think the Celtics should go, like, full fire sale and, and build for the draft. But if, if there was an all-star involved in a trade... And we needed Smart's contract to make it happen. I'd do it. Like if if Sabonis is on the table, do it. I don't think they're gonna sell for some. I think for some reason they're gonna try to get something. We're gonna be like, oh my god, why they do that? Like a stupid, like a veteran come off the bench. And if they did buy, like who? I don't know. People are saying that Nick Batum's gonna be gone soon. And he he's had gonna thirty five yesterday. He's gonna cost like maybe a second round pick. I don't think I would. You add him for a second round pick? No. Maybe depending on no. what they do. I'm, no. How about Rudy Gay? No, I'm not trading any draft picks for any reserve Well, Danny, Danny Ainge isn't here anymore, so maybe the drafting gets better. It makes no sense to give up draft capital to get How three about Reggie more Jackson? wins this season. Reggie Jackson. What, what am I trading for him? I don't know. You can get rid of Schroeder for him. I know that because he's only costing us $3.5 million. Yeah, like if that's the trade, I'd do that because Reggie Jackson's not on a one-year contract, is he? No, like, but the Clippers are the Clippers if, are. If it's, if it's somebody that will benefit us longer term, then I'll do it. But I'm not trading for Rudy Gay. Like that, He might retire. Like, but with this current team right now, you get obviously you have two superstars in Brown and Tatum. It hasn't been working for— I would trade Horford. You could say it hasn't been working for two years right if, now. If we could. Yeah, I don't think— a lot of teams aren't going to want them, probably. But still, I don't know if they're even going to buy, even if they're going to sell. They might not even make a move because we see this no, every they're, single they're season. they're definitely making moves. Jake, they've won five of their last six games, yep. and they haven't really beat the best competition. You saw them beat the Pacers. You saw them beat the Pelicans. But they've been a 500 team for the past two seasons now, yep. and our expectations seem like they're high, sky high every single season, and it's the same story every year. And they're not doing anything to show you that they can be good. We have two players that are are – in my opinion, excellent. Um, yeah, I think Brown, two top twenty players probably. Yeah, I mean Brown is. Some nights he looks like it. Some nights he doesn't. But this season, I just need them both to be good at the same time. Like that has been the one thing that hasn't happened. It seems like Tatum has his night, Brown has his night, and 
with that formula, we win half our games. They've been playing um, better together lately, but you got to see it for a long stretch. I need to see both of them be less selfish. They, they're they both, like, super ISO-dominant guys that think they can just take over by backing down somebody or pulling up from mid-range. Um, and I think Tatum is learning it a little better than Brown, that if he facilitates, we are a lot better of a basketball team. So you think the furthest they go is the plane? First-round exit. So I think... I'm saying they're gonna be a second round exit right now. I still, I have some hope. You're crazy. I think they can be a sec. I think they can win around with Brown and Tatum. You're insane. No it, way. That is that is totally matchup dependent. Well, right now, what are they? The six seed, I think. The East is so jumbled up. They're the ten seed. I think they're tied for. Well, yeah, they're tied with Washington, Toronto, and Boston. So you could say they're anywhere from eight to ten technically. But yeah, they they got to improve. Right now, the seven seed is Charlotte, who's only a game ahead of them. But you don't want to be in the playing game. And we saw what happened last year in the playoff game. They they we played won. good, yeah, but they played what Washington. Yeah, that was Beals fun. Was pretty good. They were on fire. But yeah, I think I think they can go to the second round. And probably no further than that. And depending on the matchup, we'll see. But all right, let's get to the NFL, Jake, because we got ten questions to go over. Ten end of the Four season questions. regular season questions. No, not Passover. But number one, before we get to our picks for the for the final four games of the divisional round. Yep. You know what question number one is, Jake? As I sort through this. MVPs. Yeah, let's get to it. Um, the AFC and NFC offensive MVPs. This is probably pretty clear and obvious. Yep. John Taylor and Aaron Rodgers. Yep. I think it's going to be surprising if one of them doesn't get it. It's going to be John Rogers Taylor. Rodgers is going to be the MVP. And it's going to be Rodgers. Both of them outstanding seasons. Running backs don't win MVP. Unless, yeah. unless they have godly seasons. And Taylor had one of the better five seasons in recent five in the last five years in yeah. recent memory. Still not enough. And they still didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, they're not a playoff team. So. But yeah, number one, you got to be John Taylor and Adam Rodgers. Then going into question number two, the defensive MVPs in the AFC and NFC. The AFC, I think you got to go to Mr. Watt. No doubt. If you're tying sack records, you're, you're the MVP. And he should have broken it. Unfortunately, he couldn't get that other sack. But he had an unbelievable season. And unfortunately... The Steelers couldn't get that far, but that is not... He got not, a touchdown in that game. Yeah, he did. Um, so, that, that's not his fault. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's awesome. The Watt family, they got a ton of great football players. And we saw J.J. Watt last night. He played, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah, really didn't much. And then the NFC MVP for defense, who you have winning that one? I went with Micah Parsons. I did too. Um, and he's a rookie too, which rookie. is pretty incredible. And he had a great game. I mean, great game. Great season. He, he had a pretty good game. And he got hurt. Yeah. Um, he really was the anchor for one of the better defenses in the NFL. I know they let up a lot of yards, but they won a lot of football games, and, and he's a big part of that. Yeah, he's a big reason why they won a lot of football games. He's only a rookie. He's going to win the Defensive Rookie of the Year award. He could win the NFC Defensive Player of the Year award, but this guy did everything right for the Cowboys, and it's unfortunate that they were a first-round exit. It really is. Yep. So T.J. Watt and Micah Parsons. And moving on to question number three, we do the three ups for the Patriots every every week, but who are your three ups from the season? I talked about two of mine already. John Taylor and Micah Parsons are on my list. I didn't really do players. I did. You did um, teams? Le- yeah, different stuff. So I did John Taylor. We already talked about him. I got Micah Parsons. And I went with another rookie who Jamar had a tremendous Chase. season, Jamar Chase. Yeah. Guy was incredible. So that's, sure. that's my three right there. So my three were just the the overall resolve of the Tennessee Titans. Like, they lost what could have been the MVP in Derrick Henry. Both their receivers were hurt for most of the season, and they still managed to get the bye. Yeah, they were great. With Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. Like, I I couldn't explain to you how they did it. I have no idea how they, they did, did it. it. Um, 
So that's number one for me. Number two, a little, I'm pretty much on the same page as you. Just the emergence of the the Burrow Chase combo. That's going to be dangerous for the next like, for years ten, to come. Next like ten seasons. Yeah, so you're kind um, of on the same path. The Chase thing is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean J- Jamar Chase. We talked about it when we talk, when we ranked players. To say that he is a top five player at the receiver position as a rookie is nearly unheard of. Um, and then number three, uh, I stuck with the AFC for all three. Um, Loving the AFC. Yeah, this is you're gonna love this one. He's an AFC lover. You're gonna love this one. Um, I gotta give it up to the Raiders. All right. Oh boy. They, they. I'll give them some love. They had no place being in the playoffs, and they they overcame the odds. And even that last game, they beat the Chargers, a team that's better than them, oh, to get into the playoffs. And, I mean, it's it kind of happened a little while ago, but people are kind of forgetting it. That Henry Ruggs thing, like, that could have easily thrown them off. He was their best receiver. And they played be- better after that happened. Yeah, and, then, and some other guy did it, too. Well, not that, but... No, but another Raiders guy. Nate Hobbs, I think his name was. Um, what an idiot. Yeah, and, and Waller didn't even have that good of a year. Yeah. Like, another team. Like, how did they... Carr do was it? good. Carr was pretty Carr good. Carr was great. They, they had, like... Nine like fourth quarter like deficits that they overcame. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Like, they, yeah, they were they were legit. So I've got to give the Raiders some credit for this season. So yeah, that's that's some good ups. But now let's get to the opposite. We got three I did downs. downs for I did players for downs. Yeah, I did players for downs, and I did. I'll go through mine quickly. I don't want to okay. talk about the first guy at all. Because I got two quarterbacks and a receiver. I have. Uh, offensive tackle, a receiver, and a quarterback. Oh, my offensive, offensive tackle. Yeah, you could probably guess who it is. Isaiah Wynn. Yeah, Isaiah Wynn's on my really? down list. He sucks. For the entire league, you're picking Isaiah Wynn. Yeah, I am because I think he might be the worst tackle. In the, no, we haven't seen every team, but I think he cost the Patriots a lot this season. The guy's horrible. I think they should do whatever they can to get this guy a new job. I don't know what they're gonna do, but he was horrible. He had a terrible season. I never saw a positive play from Isaiah Wynn this season at all. So he's number one for me. I thought Julio Jones would do something this season. Really disappointed. Yeah, he, didn't do anything. he really didn't do anything. I don't think he's going to retire. But no, no. And maybe he could have a good playoff game. Who knows? But Julio Jones, he had one touchdown this season. I thought he could come close to he, maybe seven yeah, or eight. What? Yeah, one touchdown. Even when no, but even when he was like elite, he only got like three or four touchdowns. Yeah, I thought I thought things were. I think it would be a change of scenery for him this season. All right. But his last touchdown was in the last week of the season too, which was his crazy. First his first touchdown, yeah. In he his missed last, a lot of in time. His last. He missed a lot of time. Yeah, so Julio Jones for me. And then some other guy I thought I'd, he'd be better. Again, I, you can't doubt him that much because he was hurt. But when he was on the field, Lamar Jackson kind of looked pretty bad. I don't think yeah, he was that good. Ever since his MVP year, I think the league has kind of figured him out. And, and He better watch out. Yeah, I mean, he needs to take his game to the next level so that defenses can't just hone in on his running game and, and turn him into a thrower, which he isn't that good. Um, yeah, they look pretty shitty to me, but yeah, they got to work on that. They got to work on that. They got to work on their team. They got to figure something out because, like you said, ever since his MVP season, he hasn't looked the same at all. No, so we'll see. But yeah, Jake, what's your three downs? All right, number one, I got a rookie. Number one, um, I think Trevor Lawrence was a huge disappointment. This he season. was an epic disaster. Um, and I know it's Jacksonville, and I they they lose. That's what they do. I get it, but. Trevor Lawrence was really bad. Like, even Zach Wilson had some flashes of, of hope here, you know? Like, he, he had moments. He won big games. The only big game Trevor Lawrence won was the last game of the season against Indianapolis. That's ridiculous. Like, he was horrible. He, he went, like, over a month without throwing a touchdown. That is ugly. 
Like I like I get it. It takes time to develop, but he had good receivers. Marvin Jones is good. Um, Lavisca Chenault's good. He had a great running game. There was no reason he shouldn't have been halfway decent, and he was terrible. He was bad, and you can't put all the blame on him because you know the team they have. But still, no, but he he didn't do anything right. And you saw the game against the Patriots. He was. I don't think he made any good pass. Maybe he one good pass in the game. It was and, a screen pass. But yeah, that was horrible. What what else you got? So Trevor Lawrence. Number two, I got another quarterback. Uh, who is it? not a rookie? Baker Mayfield. Um, horrible season. Really, really, really bad season. Now, he's always kind of been a quarterback that has had options. Like he's had decent receivers. Um, he's had decent receivers. Matt Dorn had a turkey burger, too. Yeah, she should have wrote T-O-O. <laughs> but, I'm... Gotcha, Matt. Good. I like turkey burger. Yeah, he was trying to watch the show. He was typing um, fast. Yeah, he was typing really fast. Um, but he had time for the period at the end. So, Baker Mayfield has always sort of had these things to fall back on. He's got a pretty good room of receivers and tight ends. Jarvis, Odell... Higgins, Peoples Jones, Hooper, Ninjoku. Like, I like the options. A lot of quarterbacks have a lot worse, but a lot of quarterbacks have done a lot more with a lot worse. And that running game is fantastic. Hunt and Chubb are the best combo of running backs in the entire NFL. Maybe this year you can make the argument for Zeke and Pollard, but I don't know. Chubb is just a beast. So for Baker to, to just have this bad of a year is is shocking to me. Like every quarterback has that that point in the year I don't where I think he's even had a great career. No, no, but he's had they made the the divisional round last year. Yeah, that was good for um, them. So I mean like every quarterback has a point in the year where it's their turn. They have to take over and and do something to move their team forward and he never did it. He every game he just did the bare minimum to get a win and and when they won that's what happened. So yeah, they, they, didn't, I don't think they blew out anybody this season. Um, and number three is a receiver that, you know, was kind of in a tough circumstance, but for the years past has been able to still turn it on. And this year he did absolutely nothing. Who's that? Allen Robinson. Oh yeah. I, I was on my down list a while back, but Allen Robinson did absolutely nothing this season. I think he's overrated. You know, if he's even rated, I want I want to say the same thing. But if you look at his numbers, he is a top ten wide receiver like every year. Yeah, he. Um, and this year he was not top fifty. Like he he completely fell off the map. He didn't miss it. He missed like two or three games. He maybe. played a lot. He played a lot. He just wasn't there. Like Darnell Mooney had a better season than Allen Robinson. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, For who? The Bears. Yeah. Um, a receiver. Yeah. Darnell Moody? No. Cole Komet? Sure. Anyone. Jimmy Graham had a better year. It wasn't even who I was thinking of. Had a better year than Allen Robinson. Demir Bird? Insert, yeah, Demir Bird. Insert receiver's name here. Had a better year than Allen Robinson. So for a guy to be that elite and have that bad of a year, instant down. Yeah, that, that's horrible. He was really bad. Mayfield was bad. Lawrence is bad. All these guys obviously bad. But Jake, number five, what team surprised you the most in a good way? I don't know if we get the same one, but this team, they're still in the playoffs. They've been great. So this, you're, you're going with the Bengals. The Bengals. I mean, um, I had obviously I didn't have them making the playoffs. I'm sure you didn't either. No. I had them winning less than seven or six games, whatever it was. But they had a great season. And one of the major reasons why, obviously, is the emergence of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Unbelievable. And I think... 
I'm not giving away any spoilers, but I think they have a big chance to win this weekend. They, they were absolutely a surprise. Uh, I agree with you there. But to me, my surprise, I didn't know you meant in a good way. Yeah. But, um, this is kind of in a good way. I went with the Miami Dolphins. Well, I thought you were going to say the Falcons. Um, no. I guess, I mean, I thought the Falcons would be worse. So that, but Yeah, and the Dolphins, and they fired the, their coach. For the Falcons' record, I really think they, they suck. Yeah. Um, right. But the Dolphins... How can they not be a surprise? No team has ever won seven straight and lost seven straight in the same season. That was like, so that's, dumb. That's insane. Um, so they were, I, like, mind-blowingly surprising. Um, and I never thought they were that good either. So And they them, swept the Patriots. Yeah, for them to do that, like, I well, whatever. They beat us week one. Um, but for them to be able to do that, those streaks, is just insane. It's ridiculous. But now, um, the team that disappointed you the most, there were a lot of teams that disappointed me this season. Jake, you already mentioned them. This is a team that's in the same division as the Bengals. Yeah, I went with the Cleveland Browns. Sure. You went with them too? No. But yeah, their defense is, they have a ton of playmakers on that defense. I was not expecting Baker Mayfield to have a season like he had. And Jake, you already mentioned it, but they were bad. Offense, defense, special teams. Mm-hmm. And for them to not even make the playoffs, it's a, it's a big, big time letdown. Yeah. Oh, big time. Um, I went with Seattle. Um, I just... Yeah, I had him not making the playoffs, but still, you gotta be No, no, I, I didn't... I think... I don't know if I had them making the playoffs. I don't remember. But you, you'd think with... I get Russell Wilson missed some time. If you ignore that. He missed, what, like six, five or six games? Ignore like, that gap in the season. You'd think that having Russell Wilson would allow you to hang in most games. And he got destroyed. Yeah, he was hanging like, on the sideline. He, he had, like... Three or four games where he didn't throw a single touchdown. He was the reason like, why I didn't make any of my fantasy playoffs. That's exactly right. He was so bad. Like I, I don't know what was up. The offense did not work. Metcalf had a terrible season. Yeah, I think um, he still had like seven or eight touchdowns. Was crazy. I mean, Tyler Lockett was easily the best receiver on the team. It wasn't even close. Their defense is bad but, too. Yeah, and their defense was bad. But it wasn't like they were losing games. You know, thirty to twenty-seven. Like they were, they were getting destroyed. They were getting their killed, offense yeah. couldn't do anything. Yeah, they were. They're probably the biggest dis- surprise in the NFC. Huge disappointment that they just weren't excited. Like I, I expect them to be able to get some big plays, some big touchdowns, and and upset some teams, and they didn't do it once. All right, question seven through ten are a little more interesting. Not to say the first six weren't interesting, but all right, number seven, rank these four quarterbacks. Obviously, one to four. Who who you would want? starting your team for the next five seasons. We got Joe Burrow, we got Dak Prescott, we get Deshaun Watson, we got Justin Herbert. Okay. Four, four great quarterbacks. I would like to premise this by saying I'm ignoring Watson's current issues. Yeah, he'll be playing next season, I think. Uh, this, is, this is purely as a player. So you're saying you got Watson one? No. Oh. Um, number one, I have Joe Burrow. Um, I get that he doesn't have the wheels, um, but th- there's something to be said about a guy who is basically like in the back half of his rookie season. Like he missed all of his rookie season. Yeah, he's um, nasty. Coming off this an is his first, injury. Yeah, this is his first real year coming off an injury through 30 touchdowns, um, and won a playoff game. I don't know how you don't go with him. Like I get that Jamar Chase is dirty and he's Tyler Boyd and he's got, uh, T Higgins, but... Man, like this, he looks good. He looks yeah, really, good. really good, and I would love to have him for the next five years. He's number one for me. I went with Deshaun Watson one. 
again, Watson's my number two because the year the thing with the year off, maybe next season when he starts is not going to be the old Deshaun Watson because he was off for a whole year. But still, he's only twenty six years old. As for the next five years, obviously he'll be what thirty one years old. He'll I mean, be fine. This is a guy that's going to be fine, no doubt he's about not it. Like Cam, like where he only has his legs. Like, yeah, he's, a, he's an excellent. Thrower. I was debating who to go with one and two with Watson and Burrow, but yeah, Watson one. I only Joe Burrow too for all the reasons Jake mentioned. Yeah, he is a little bit younger. I just think Watson is the be- is going to be a better quarterback. That. I figured all these guys would be in their prime for five years. Yeah, they're prime quarterback. Um, so I went with Watson at two. Um, yeah, you know, I you could swap them. Deshaun Watson is m- honestly more than any of the other guys on this list. I see him as special. I want to see him with a good team. Um, I would love to see him with a good team, and he just is able to pull things out of his bag that I have never seen other people do. Um, he, he can escape. He can throw while being tackled. He can do anything he, he wants. He can work it with his legs. He's fast. He's strong. He breaks tackles all the time. He gets hit. He stays up. Um, he makes plays happen. I'd lo- I'm, gonna, I'm interested to see what he does without Hopkins. Um, yeah, that's going to be weird. But maybe he'll have another good receiver. He's got to be on a good team. He has to be on a we'll good see. team. Um, I, I would really like to have him too. And so number three, I put Herbert. Um, and that, number three, I have, that, Herb, would, that would mean four. I have Prescott. Yeah. I got three Herbert and four Prescott. Prescott. I, I'm even more convinced that Prescott's four now after watching that shit show. Yeah. This isn't the first weekend. time Dak lost a playoff game. So Herbert's really good too, man. I mean, Herbert's going to be a phenomenal quarterback. He's still obviously young, like all these other guys. Yeah, Prescott's had time and. He hasn't impressed me as much as he should. Like this year, I thought he had a great chance to be one of the leaders in touchdowns, leaders in passing yards. That offense could have done anything it wanted. And he's pretty healthy, right? He I was. Mean, yeah, he missed like maybe a game. I think he missed one. Two, yeah, it was one game. I think yeah, like Cooper Rush game. He didn't do anything right. Prescott did enough to make that team good, but he's lucky that defense was good this year because. That offense wasn't that good. It could have been a lot better with the weapons they had. Yeah, so Jake, we um we basically agree Watson and Herbert swapped at the top. Burrow. I mean Burrow. And then we got number eight. Who do you all right, so this is a weird question, but Bill Belichick's gonna have to retire at some point, right? Yeah. If it was your choice, who do you want the this is a two ended question, but who do you want the coach to be when he retires? So you asked me Who do you want it to be? And who and then who do you think, think it will be? be? So Personally, it's a tricky question. Personally, at this point in time, I really feel there are only two candidates for the job. That is McDaniels and Steve Belichick. Yeah, I said Steve for who um, I think it will be. So, for who I want and who I think it'll be, I want Steve. Is McDaniels really? So you got yeah. the same. Yeah. I just I think McDaniels is going to leave. I don't think he's going to wait for Belichick to retire. But how long do you think it'll take? What is Belichick right now? Seventy. I think he's like older, 70. Oh, he's 68? 69, I think. 69? I think if, if McDaniels has the right offer, I think he has to go at some point. He whether, already tried to. We kept him. Whether it's this offseason, which I don't think is going to happen, or whether it's a, a couple quarter, years down the line. A quarter of the league are looking for head coaches. It's ridiculous. You know yeah, it's ridiculous. What are they? And one hasn't been filled yet? No, they're saying Flores, they think he's going to get the Houston job, but nobody knows. That, that is ridiculous that that many coaches are looking for, that many teams are looking for jobs. I think it will be Steve Belichick as much as I don't want to say that just because it's the Belichick he's coach. Not ready. It's the Belichick coaching tree. I don't think he's ready either. Who do I want it to be if I had my choice? And this probably is not going to happen because he's been in New Orleans for so long. I think Sean Payton would be a great, what? great coach. Why would he ever leave the Saints? I don't think he would. But if I had my choice, 
I think Sean Payton would be a phenomenal coach in New England. Yeah, I want, I want Greg Popovich. You do? Yeah. But I think he'd be a great coach. Him and Belichick are friends. I know it's probably never going to happen, but if for some reason he left the Saints, please give me Sean Payton. Yeah, okay. Hey, it's, it's a dream. Like Martin Luther King. Happy Martin Luther King Day, by the way. Um, number nine. That was yesterday. I don't think his dream was to get Sean Payton as his head coach. You never know. He could have been close when they were kids. Number nine. Were you a fan of the eight? <laughs> Do you know how old MLK would be right now? Yeah, like... 93. I was going to say 133. 93. Really? Yes. That's it? Yesterday was his 93rd... Or no, his, his birthday's uh, the 15th, I think. Um, yeah, his birthday wasn't yesterday. No, was it? it's the... I don't know when it, it's it, it, January twenty first. I don't. Know. I will do the MLK um, show in episode. He's gonna be ninety three. All right. He's not. Him and Sean Payton were not friends. We'll do the MLK show in episode ninety three. But um, and, Sean Payton, his son and Sean Payton were not friends. His grandson probably not either. No. Were you a fan of the eighteen game regular season? Um, we're just talking about the regular season. Honestly, like it really. We're it's not se- talking about it's, 17. It's 18 weeks and 17. The 17 game. Um, We're not talking about practice. We're all, talking about seasons. Honestly, it really did nothing for me except one more week of football. So Yeah, so it was good. I guess. I mean, yeah, if you think about it from well, that oh, standpoint. I, my comment on that is if you're gonna if we can loop in the extra game with the extra playoff team, I don't like the Monday football. Oh yeah, I agree. At first I thought I'd like it, but no, I, I don't know. It's very disadvantageous. If I can use a big word. Um, Those are allowed. Yeah, it's very disadvantageous to the now LA Rams who have to play in one less day of rest than their opponent. Um, I don't think that that should be happening in playoffs. Um, I get that the Bills also have an extra day, but at least they have a full week. It's not like you're. it's a short week in the playoffs. That makes no sense. Yeah, so I, I said I did like it too just because – like you said, it's another week of football. Who doesn't like another week of football? I know I do. But but the regular season, expanding it by one game, it didn't seem like it made such a huge difference. But having another week to watch football. I'll, I'll need to see it when there isn't COVID. Because like COVID just yeah, it's true in everything. In every sport, too. But you can say that about anything. I did like it. And I agree with Jake. The wild card thing on a Monday night. At first, I thought it would be cool. But They're going to do it every year now, just so you know. Yeah, just because the it's stupid. Yeah. Do the three Saturday and three Sunday I like it was I completely agree. There's nothing wrong with a one o'clock Saturday game. But moving on... Up a 10, you West Coast... Yeah, seriously. Bombs. Moving on to the quarterback situations. I named some teams. Who do you think the quarterbacks are going to be starting next week, week Name one? Teams. Who will be starting quarterbacks on these teams? we got the Steelers, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the, the Browns, and the Giants. Okay, who are we starting with? Let's start with the Seahawks. Russell Wilson. Yeah, I was, I was trying to go somewhere else with this, but I think it will be Russell Wilson. As much as he'd probably... It would be a positive if there was a change of scenery there. Yeah, no. You don't get rid of that guy. Unless it's like a blockbuster move. No. Nope. Yeah, I'm going with Russell Wilson. Now, the Browns. I also went with a guy that's unfortunately the starter right Baker now. Baker Mayfield. I think I, you got to. I did too. You got to be Baker Mayfield just yep. because they got. I mean, they don't have too much around him, but it makes it easier when you have the two running backs that they have. Sure. Now, three teams now that it's I. interesting. Yeah, that's why they did those two first. But the three teams that I think will not have the same starting quarterback. One of mine still has the same. Who's the one that has the same? Denver. So you think Denver's still going to have Drew Locke? Yes. And Teddy Bridgewater? I don't know about Teddy, but I think Drew Locke will be the starter week one. I went Drew with, Locke's on a big contract. Yeah, well, it's his last year too, but he's still a big contract. I went with a guy that's currently on the la- in the last year of his contract on a different team. I went with Andy Dalton 
Is oh it starting? Oh my god! You don't like you don't like the redhead. For the rest of his career, he'll be a backup. Hey, if if you ask me, what I'd rather have Drew Locke or Andy Dalton, I'd pick Drew Andy Locke. Dalton. No, but this is one of those what, cheap deals. Yeah, but would you rather have Drew Locke already acclimated to his own offense, or would you rather throw Andy, Andy Dalton to a new Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton. I, no. I think Drew Locke stinks. He does stink, but he's got one year left. They're just going to ride it out and then do something. They're probably going to draft the quarterback and let him be behind Drew Locke. I think they got to do something different so they'll see him on the free agents and be like, oh, let's get a cheap deal, Andy Dalton. I'm not saying he's going to be the quarterback for the whole season, but hey, you got to go You got to go in left field sometimes. So tw- two years in a row, Andy Dalton's going to get shifted for somebody else. Why not? He still wants to be in the league. Yeah. All right, the Giants. I went with Kenny Pickett. Same here. <laughs> Yeah, Kenny Pickett. I think he's the best quarterback on the board, or at least the guy that's going to probably go first, maybe, depending on what happens with Bryce Young and all that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, Daniel starter Jones. for the New York Giants. Daniel Jones is going to be working at, like, a flower shop. I don't know where he'll be. Yeah, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> flower shop. And the next team on the list is the Steelers, mm-hmm. the team that I would like to see Kenny Pickett go to because he went to Pittsburgh. This is obviously a Pittsburgh team. But I had to put Deshaun Watson somewhere. Oh, me too. So if I'm picking a place for Deshaun Watson to go... did I tell go, you this like months ago that I wanted this? But, oh, Pittsburgh? Watson to Pittsburgh. Oh, no. But it would be perfect. I think him in Seattle would be good too if Russell Wilson did leave. Yeah, but to me, would, I'm not, not going to go crazy. Denver wouldn't be a bad spot. I'm either. not going to go crazy, but I might say something crazy. If Deshaun Watson is the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers next season... I will pick them as my number one Super Bowl favorite. You think so? Yes. Over Kansas City and Buffalo? Yes. Defense better, offense on another That would level. be a perfect spot. Imagine all the primetime games they get next season with Watson and Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. Watson with Claypool, Juju, Deontay Johnson, and Najee Harris. That'd be amazing. They're going to be unstoppable. You don't know who to stop in the run game, whether it's Watson or Harris. But no. Yeah. So that's... Benny Snell. Yeah, Benny Snell. He'd be playing a lot. Jake, um, your mom said you forgot to mention the delicious roll your sandwiches on. It was delicious? Yeah, it was hollow. <laughs> oh, it was? Did you wear your yarmulke when you were eating it? No, my, but I did wear uh, my seat seat. Oh, that's good. You didn't have any matzah? I rubbed the seat seat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> on that note, those are the 10 questions, not the four questions. But... All right, Jake, we got four. We got, speaking of four, we got four huge games this weekend. We do? Yeah, you know, two are on Saturday, two on Sunday. We're not going to have any of that Monday bull crap, but we're going to have two it's on not. each day. You know the schedule? Yeah. You do? Yeah, I kind of know. All right, the first game. By the way, we only disagreed on one game, and we split. Just kidding, we didn't split. I got it right, and you got it wrong because you said the Patriots, I said Buffalo. All right, cool. All right, first game of the weekend, 4.30 Saturday. Your favorite team is playing. The Tennessee Titans yeah. are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. Who wins this game? Titans. I knew it. Titans. I, I'm going the opposite. I'm going with Cincinnati. Titans win this game. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry scares me, but he hasn't played in a long time either. He's still the same big He's still the same beast. Yeah, he's still the same big guy. But yeah, they got they get Derrick Henry. They get AJ Brown. Gee, I thought you were going to say something else. They get, <laughs> they get Derrick Henry. They get AJ Brown. They get Julio Jones. He's still the freight train. I think this... Did you make your um, score predictions for I these did. games? I did. So what's your prediction for the score? I got Tennessee knocking off the, the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Cincinnati Bengals, 34-26. to 26. Damn. Eight-point game. I get the Bengals winning this one 27-23. I think it's going to be a great game. 
I think Joe Burrow could lead this team down the field on the last possession to win it. I'm a little concerned with Cincinnati stopping Derrick Henry, but then again, no stopping. Him. We don't know how good he's going to be coming off that long of a layoff. Doesn't matter. He's still Derrick Henry, but there's no stopping this. Can man. he be the game changer he usually is? Obviously, that's that's going to be the main concern in this game. I don't think either one of these defenses are great, by the way. So it Titans could, are better. It could be a higher scoring game than I think, but I got Cincinnati in the AFC Championship just like I predicted. So Saturday at eight fifteen. In my opinion, this is the game I'm kind of less excited for out of all the four games. But you say that, but... Th- this, they're all good games. This, team, the NFL. this team just upset your Super Bowl pick. They did. Yours too. Right. We got Green Bay traveling to... Excuse me. We got San Francisco traveling to Green Bay. The number one seed. I, am, I assume you got Green Bay winning. I do. And I do too. My score is 32-19 to 19, Green oh, Bay. Oh, close to that. 32-19. I said 27-17. So this should be a fun game. How are you getting 19? Touchdown, a touchdown, a missed extra point, a field goal, a field goal. I don't know. Add it up. But yeah, 32-19. I think Green My Bay... <laughs> I don't think Green Bay is going to have many problems scoring. They no. really haven't had too many problems scoring this season. No, Rodgers doesn't fail at this level. But it's the next level. Can San Francisco find a way to at least contain Devontae Adams? I think the answer to that question is no. There's no containing that, man. I think San Francisco's offense can get rolling with George Kittle, the play action, Jimmy Garoppolo doing his thing. Packers defense is significantly underrated. Oh, no question about it. They come to play. The Smith boys? Yeah, they're good. I mean, they come to play. So They're not even related, by the way. You know, I know right? that. That's why yeah. I didn't say brothers. Green Bay gets some good, good players on that defense. And I think this is going to be a close game in the first half. But Green Bay will find it in the second half. They're going to find it, whether it's A.J. Dillon, the Boston College boy, whether it's Aaron Jones, whether it's Devontae Adams showing that he's one of the best receivers in the league. Watch out for Lazard, by the way. Robert Tanyan. He sneakily always gets those first touchdowns into the game. So if you want to bet on it, don't. Mr. Lazard, the lizard. Yeah. It seems like he always gets the first touchdowns. No, in the playoffs, it'll be Adams. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that on the betting show. But yeah, Green Bay 32-19. So I'm glad that we at least agree on one game Saturday. Sunday, Sunday's the better slate, right? These games are going to be crazy. I will not miss a play. If you ask me to go have breakfast, it better be early or lunch. But Is the game at 4? Yeah, it's 3 and 6.30. I remember you said you won't, have to worry about, you, you won't have to worry about going to bed too late. What time do you eat breakfast? Depends if I wake up at 12 or 1. But... um. The Rams at Tampa Bay is a great, 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 great game. Speaking of great games, we got Kansas and Oklahoma tied at 58 with a minute and 50 seconds left right now. But That's like the Super Bowl. This is a very good Oh, God, that's Mr. Groves. But, yeah, we get a great game, Jake. Right, you're not calling the game. From Eastern Washington. He was in the tournament last year. Yeah, I know. Who's winning, Stafford or Brady? Stafford. You do. You got the upset. Yeah, I do. Why? You think there's just... Too much to stop Brady? Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not... It sounds wrong when I say Stafford is going to beat Brady. Um, because Stafford's not going to beat Brady. They've never actually played... Checkers? Or? Against each other. They play opposite sides of the field. Um, Who's Stafford? Oh, The Rams defense is just playing at a much higher level than the Bucks defense. Um, and the, the injuries worry me. I like the Rams seem to be rolling at, at their highest level right now. Um, and they're, they're riding high off of shutting down. Don't get too hot. Kyler yeah. and the Cardinals. Um, I just think they're carrying the momentum into this game that the Tampa Bay isn't. I think that the things that Tampa Bay was able to get away with right. against, um, 
Philadelphia are not the same. That, that they won't be able to get away with them, you're saying? That is what I'm saying. And, and I think a huge part of this is that Tampa Bay's offensive line was beat up pretty badly against Philadelphia. They lost Tristan um, Worst. Yeah, and it, how are you going to stop Aaron Donald and Von Miller? Like, it's scary. It, it's, it's a challenge that I don't really think they're going to be able to, to overcome. Um, yeah, I, I could see this going in a number of different directions. There's only two. I think when it's all said and done, one team got Tom Brady and one team doesn't. And I do not trust Matthew Stafford on the road in a playoff environment. I think the Rams could easily win this game. Would it surprise me if they did win this game? No. But I just think Tom Brady at home, playing at Raymond James Stadium with the weapons he has, I think those weapons are enough to win this game. The Rams do have some great people on defense, whether, like you said, Donald Miller, Jalen Ramsey. I don't think the Rams secondary is as good as a lot of people think it is just because you have Jalen Ramsey. I think Tampa Bay is going to have a great game out of Brady. I think the Tampa Bay defense is still a little underrated. Even though that secondary is not great, I'm nervous with the performance that Matthew Stafford puts up in a playoff game like this. I'm going with Tampa Bay 30-24. to What did you say your um, score was? 31-21 Rams. It's pretty close, but wow, 10-point game. All right, so that's gonna be, that should be a good game. And then, Jake, the final game, you got an AFC clash, a little update. That's Ochi Abaji giving Kansas the lead. Yep. But Buffalo at Kansas City, 6-30. I wish this was the AFC championship game. I really do. And to have it as a divisional game. The Titans or the Bengals will be in the AFC Championship. Yeah, that's actually ridiculous. But Buffalo or Kansas City, who do you have winning this game? I hate Buffalo. I got the Chiefs. Um, What a play by Oklahoma. Buffalo really is riding high. Um, They... I, I have no problem saying they had the best performance of the entire season by by possibly any team last week. Right. Um, but... The Patriots are an exploitable team. The Chiefs really aren't. Um, I think both defenses are actually pretty solid. I actually like the Chiefs' defense. They they seem to always go by the wayside because of all the offensive talent yeah. on on that side of the field for uh, for Kansas City. <laughs> right. But I just think that the the Chiefs' offense is too much to contain. Um, Kelsey's gonna have a great game, and and the running game was actually very strong. For, for the Chiefs against It's Pittsburgh. been pretty strong, even without um, Clyde and yeah, so McKinnon I, went I, off. I think that the Chiefs have enough. I think they're going to win the game 27-24. to 24. Before, it, really, it really could be a last-drive type game. Before the playoff, before the regular season started, I said my Super Bowl was Buffalo and Tampa Bay. I don't know if it's going to be that. But before the playoff started, I said the, the AFC Championship was going to be the Cincinnati Bengals against the Buffalo Bills. So I'm sticking to it. I think Buffalo has enough on the road to win this game. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game between two unbelievable quarterbacks. Again, this is another game on Sunday that I could see going either way. But the way that Buffalo offense is playing right now, I know they're going on the road in a hostile environment in Kansas City. But I think, honestly, whoever has the ball last in this game wins. And I'm going with Tyler Bass kicking the game-winning field goal to win this game 34-31 for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen and Mahomes, I could see them both easily throwing close to 350 yards in this game apiece. Mm-hmm. I don't think the running games are going to be as big of factors as they were in the previous games this season. But I think the Bills win this game, and we're going to be set up for a Bengals-Bills AFC Championship and a Packers-Buccaneers NFC Championship. So, Jake, we disagree on two. I'm excited. It should be four very good games this weekend. Wait, and so your, your AFC Championship is Cincinnati-Buffalo? The three versus the four, yeah. And mine is Kansas City, Tennessee. You get Kansas City, Tennessee. We get the opposites there. We only agreed on one game. Well, no, you got Green Bay winning. And yeah, yeah, we only get one. Yeah, one we game. We agree on one game. And then your NFC Championship is going to be Green Bay 
Hosting the Rams. Hosting the Rams. So that's crazy. I'm excited, Jake. I hope you are too. It should be fun. Saturday and Sunday, it's always a blast. And then we'll, we'll only be down. Goodbye 49ers. That's what we can agree on. Yeah. Goodbye 49ers. We'll only be down to four teams. It will be fun. But Jake, thanks for joining me as always. It was a fun show. You joined me. Everybody should get to um, ESPN, watch the end of the Kansas-Oklahoma game, 28 seconds left. Jake, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.